Get back in control with Off the Wagon, adventures in emotional eating, health, and weight loss. Each episode containing fork-sized mindset tweaks, perspective shifts, and lifestyle hacks to get you back on the wagon. Whether it's habit change, emotional eating, addictions, weight loss, willpower, or relationships, there's something here for you. So let's get on the wagon and get down the road to your goals with me, Christy R. Hall. Welcome to episode 24, where today we're talking about self-acceptance and compassion. This is often one of the hardest concepts for clients to wrap their heads around, and I'll be honest, at the beginning of my journey, it was really hard for me to understand too, and even now, there are moments when I may find myself being particularly hard on myself or critical, where my inner meanie grabs the mic and goes on a tirade like she's the headliner at the most talked about concert event of the year. And I get it. Because if your inner meanie is anything like my inner meanie, it can be really hard to get a word in edgewise. But we have to do the best we can to storm the stage, take back the mic, and tell our inner meanies to sit their negative asses down and shut up. Because our inner meanie keeps telling us she's trying to help us, but she doesn't. And she's just trying to make you a better person. By making you feel like crap. And she's trying to keep you in line and remind you of the rules so you don't forget. As if you ever would. That inner critic or meanie is really all about fear. She's in there to make sure that you'll keep up with the pack. Please the elders. Get along with others. And so on and so forth. Because the inner critic is created or lives in a portion of your brain that's responsible for fight or flight. It was around back when we wore animal skins and lived in caves and huddled around fires. Back then, not doing what someone said, like an elder, could result in being cast out, being rejected, and being forced to live alone. And in caveman times, alone was little more than a death sentence. But that's not really how things are now. You can leave one group or clan and feasibly find another on the web somewhere with like interests and skills. In fact, today you're more likely to be a part of several micro-clans or groups than you are to identify and stick with one group for any length of time. And yet, we continue to operate from this fear-based place, afraid of what will happen to us if people don't like us, and worse, Afraid of what will happen to us if we were to like ourselves. I love this quote from Brene Brown. She says, The truth is, belonging starts with self-acceptance. Your level of belonging, in fact, can never be greater than your level of self-acceptance because believing that you're enough is what gives you the courage to be authentic, vulnerable, and imperfect. And just to be clear, self-esteem is not the same thing as self-acceptance. Self-acceptance is your ability to accept your strengths and weaknesses, your positive and negative attributes. So many times when we work on self-acceptance, we're only willing to accept the things that we like about ourselves or that we find pleasing. 
But the truth is, is we have to make peace with the ugly, the dark, and the not so pleasing aspects of ourselves as well. Accepting ourselves completely and wholly, and it's not easy. And like most things, it's a lifelong journey, I think. And we're in a constant state of re-arriving. But some of our best and most brilliant inner work is done when we're shining the light on these low parts, the faults and the flaws, these hurt places that most long for our attention. We're all seeking comfort, contentment, and to be at peace, right? That place where we don't feel like we need or want for anything, where we're satisfied as we are, as our life currently is. So I want you to think about how many things that you do each day in an effort to feel more comfort, more contentment, more at peace. Maybe you avoid doing and saying things that will offend others or say or do things out of character to avoid being harassed or bullied by others. Maybe you eat foods that don't agree with you to please others or eat foods in hiding or in secret to avoid judgment or exercise and diet beyond what is reasonable in order to attempt to try and look a certain way. Really, the list of things that we're willing to do in an attempt to be comfortable or avoid discomfort is endless. But what most of us don't realize is that the way to true comfort and contentment is through self-acceptance and compassion for ourselves. So to understand self-acceptance, let's start by first understanding what it isn't. Self-acceptance is not an excuse for laziness. Or complacency. It's not accepting your fate and deciding that you can do nothing or that nothing can or should be done to change your life. Self-acceptance is an honest account of yourself. It's an acknowledgement of your shortcomings, character strengths, um, habits, and tendencies. It's about facing the truth And accepting that reality. It's not about passing judgment. So there is no good or bad. There is only what is. And once you know where you are. Who you are. And what you are. You can make reasonable plans. To move forward in your life. Self-acceptance ultimately. Leads to compassion. Because it eliminates. The need to fight with yourself. And makes you more your bestie. Unless you're number one frenemy. And I understand that it's easier said than done. And this is because we're so hard on ourselves. In fact, most of us are more understanding and forgiving of others' faults and flaws than we are of ourselves. And so, just quickly, I want to share just a few signs, signals that you may be being too hard on yourself. Just in case you may not be sure. Um, Number one, you may dwell on your mistakes. Dwelling on your mistakes accomplishes nothing positive, um, but it does accomplish several things that are negative. Realize that we're all human. We all make mistakes. And dwelling on mistakes makes you feel less capable 
and less confident and generally more miserable in the long run. Reminding yourself of your mistakes doesn't actually keep you from making the mistake again. Learning from the mistake is what keeps you from making it again. So learn from it and move on. Number two, you compare yourself to others. There's always someone out there who's going to be thinner, better looking, more genetically gifted, um, luckier, or who has more time on their hands. And comparing ourselves to others is dangerous. You don't know the other person's background or their available resources. They may have a huge advantage or alternatively, they may be in a pit of absolute despair and are only crafting the perfect social media image. So it's best if you just compare you to you. Number three, you don't give your ideas a fair chance. This is a simple question. How many times have you had a great idea, but ultimately dismissed it, tossed it, didn't follow through with it simply because it was yours and you didn't really believe in yourself, didn't believe in your ability to accomplish it? Number four, you spend too much time thinking about your past failures. Maybe you chickened out and didn't go for it, whatever it was. Or maybe you made a major life decision based on the opinions of someone else. Or maybe you've struggled with your weight all your life. There is always something. If you focus on all of your negative experiences, you're not accepting yourself and your current reality. You're also not accepting the one constant of life, which is change. Things can always change, starting now, starting today. Number five, you don't take compliments well. Believe it or not, there are some good things about you. And it is okay when others see them and acknowledge them. Your inability to accept a compliment from others is a sign that you don't accept yourself. And while being self-deprecating can you know, make you seem humble... Just make sure that you're not beating yourself down and then veiling it thinly. Sign number six is that you're unrealistic. This one's hard for a lot of people because society keeps telling us that each of us can be anything we freaking want, which, if we're realistically honest, in some cases just isn't true. For instance, at this point in my life, I'm unlikely to become an astronaut um, or a rock star. If you don't truly have what it takes to become a, I don't know, a size zero supermodel or an eight-figure entrepreneur, you may not be doing yourself any favors by holding on to these unrealistic expectations. And ultimately, you're being hard on yourself. It's not easy to accept yourself, and we've been taught that the ideal person is, you know, financially successful and athletic and attractive and cool under pressure and hilarious and creative and the life of the party and a social butterfly. And most of us are never going to be able to check all of those boxes, and that's okay. You're still awesome. So there are just, you know, six signs that you may be being too hard on yourself. If you notice any of those behaviors or signs in yourself, don't worry about it. I'm going to provide you with um, 
some tips, some paths, some habits, some ways that you can start working on that today. Um, Like I said in the beginning, self-acceptance is a process. It's a habit. It's the little things that you do each and every day that are going to determine your level of self-acceptance. Developing these habits and, you know, dropping the, the negative habits is going to be huge in getting you going in the right direction. So I want to share with you now nine practices or paths, I call them, to self-acceptance. These are habits that you can work on each and every day, little by little, as they show up. This is not a get or done list. (laughs) These are life practices, things that you integrate, um, like you might integrate meditation or working out into your existing lifestyle, something that you were going to start by you know, maybe doing one day a week and then maybe integrating two days a week. You're going to try and make the attempt to, to uh, do these things as they show up, right? So number one is to let go of your mistakes and your shortcomings. How we do this is to take the necessary time to learn from your negative experiences. Once you've done that and there's nothing else to be gained from them, let them go. Decide how you can avoid making the same error in the future and then move on. Most of us get hung up in the emotions of what happened, feeling bad about it, instead of looking at the specific details. A lot of, in a lot of instances, the mistakes that we made, given the information that we had, couldn't have been avoided. We could not have done it another way and gotten a different outcome. In instances like that, there's no need to feel bad about it. Um, you know, they always say hindsight is twenty twenty. If you'd known then what you know now, you might have made a different choice. So try not to feel bad about all of your uh, decisions and your shortcomings. Again, take a step back, look at what happened, analyze it, taking all the emotions out of it, see if there was something that you could have done differently that's not emotion-based, and then you can use that information to move forward. Path number two, or practice number two, is only compare yourself to you. Comparing yourself to someone else is like comparing a tree to a loaf of bread. (laughs) There is no comparison. However, you can compare yourself to previous results or previous versions of yourself. If you're doing better, you have every right to be excited. But if you're coming up short, you can make a plan and then be excited because you know that you can easily rectify the situation. Path number three is to separate yourself from your emotions. This one's a really hard one for a lot of people too. But it's to realize that your emotions are separate from you. They are something that you experience like hitting your head, or stubbing your toe. Observe them as a feeling or an experience in your body, or as a piece of paper blowing down the street, or a leaf floating on the surface of a stream. Just observe them. Realize that, you know, a piece of paper blowing by doesn't have any control over you, and your emotions don't have to control you either. 
Path number four to self-acceptance is to be aware of what makes you unique and embrace it. It might be the way you waggle your eyebrows or your incredible IQ or your compassion for animals. Maybe you've got a secret interest in this really specific science or you like to make tiny origami unicorns. You're not exactly the same as anyone else, so why try to be or even expect yourself to be? It's your uniqueness that potentially provides the most value to you as well as the rest of the world. So embrace it. Love it. Own it. Show up and let your freak flag fly. Path number five. Let go of the things that you can't control. I don't know how many times I've said this, but this is another really hard one. Um, Basically, we create this false sense of security through the illusion of control, but we need to realize that there actually is a bit of freedom to be found when we understand that it's not ours to control. If it's not ours to control, then there's not much we can do about it. And what I mean is, is that sometimes... It's like we're on a ship in the ocean, and life has got control of the rudder and the sails. But then life didn't tell you where you were going. It may be easier to make rough plans based on where you might end up, like an island in the Caribbean or, I don't know, Kansas, although a ship can't get to Kansas, or, um, I don't know, a city in Europe or Alaska. Right? You can make plans for where you might possibly end up. And that might be easier than constantly trying to hijack and take over the ship. Ask yourself this. Is there anything that I can do about this? If there's not, make a plan if you need to. But there's no need to dwell on it. No need to worry. No need to create stress and anxiety over it. Path number six to self-acceptance. Do something that you've always wanted to do. Those of us with weight and emotional eating issues are pros at telling ourselves that we'll let ourselves do something when we give up binge eating or finally lose the weight. What's also really interesting is how many of us also eat as a treat or a reward. Perhaps... If we would quit denying ourselves the rewards and pleasures of a real and fulfilling life, we might not have to stuff ourselves silly with food our bodies don't need. Path number seven. Be more assertive. Let people know what you think. Give your opinion. Allow your voice to be heard and stand behind it. Don't back down. Do the things you want to do. Assertiveness is a form of honesty about you and your desires. And every time you say what you feel and mean what you say, you're honoring yourself. Path number eight, recognize your thoughts and feelings. Now you've heard me talk about this before, right? Examine your self-talk. Make a mental note to notice your thoughts and your constant chatter throughout the day. Acknowledge how you judge yourself and others. Don't get down on yourself when you catch yourself doing it. Just notice it. Most people distract themselves with TV, the internet, food, their phone, 
reading, whatever it is, right, to avoid spending time with themselves because it creates this vacuum where they can hear themselves and they notice all the things that they don't like. Turn off those distractions and sit in that silence. See what happens and start seeing if you can make some peace with those things that upset you. Path number nine. Continue learning and evolving. Those of us with self-acceptance issues tend to get stuck, feel stuck, and stay stuck. We feel like we can't move towards anything positive. So we want to be honest with ourselves about what we like, what we dislike, and allow ourselves to let go of the things that we don't like And allow more of what we do like. We want to treat each day as a new opportunity to practice self-acceptance. It won't happen by accident. And, you know, it does take practice to develop these self-acceptance habits. And to, you know, drop the bad habit of, or the tendency to judge ourselves critically or harshly. You can also consider reading books, or listening to podcasts that can help you learn self-acceptance and broaden your concepts and perspectives on self-acceptance and self-compassion. You absolutely can be aware of your shortcomings and still be happy with yourself. Your self-confidence doesn't have to suffer either. You can be honest with yourself and still be awesome, still be powerful, still get stuff done in the world. Self-acceptance is being honest with yourself. And if you had a truly accurate picture of yourself and your situation, you'd be a lot happier with yourself, but you'd also have a, a clearer idea of the path that you need to take in order to get to where you really want to go. So here are a couple of, I mean, I know I've already given you, you know, nine paths or practices to integrate into your life, but I wanted to also close out with these tips that you can use right now that will instantly, you know, boost your self-esteem, your self-confidence, your self-compassion, and your self-acceptance. So, and this is, this is your, I guess your mission should you choose to accept it. Um, Number one is to List your greatest successes. Remember when you were at your best, write them down and use those to remind yourself. Number two is to make a list of the things that you appreciate about yourself. You can list out three things that you appreciate or that you like about yourself and, you know, just ways that you are great or awesome. Uh, Number three, dress up or put on your nice clothes or your Sunday clothes or whatever it is. You when you get dressed up and put on your 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 good face, you'll you'll walk taller, you'll be more confident, um, and you'll feel better about yourself. There's no reason to, you know, wait for a job interview or a wedding or graduation or going to church or something like that to look and feel your best. You can do that every day, even if you're working from home. Number four is to do the best that you can to live by your values. Um, When you are living by your values or by your code of ethics, your own personal code of ethics, you will feel better about yourself. When you're not living in alignment with your values, 
it comes out and it shows and it makes you not feel good, not feel in alignment. Um, so, you know, if you need to print out a list of values, see what's important to you and see how you may not be living in accordance to those values and see if you can make, you know, minor adjustments. Number five, set a small goal and achieve it. This one's really easy because, you know, you can make any, any, any super small, tiny goal, right? I'm going to go drink one glass of water today. Who can't accomplish that? I'm going to do one push up. I'm going to, I don't know, take off my makeup before I go to bed. Doesn't matter what it is. If you make a super small goal and you achieve it, it creates initiative, right? So that you can feel better about yourself and it makes you feel good. And, you know, if it's something that you really like doing, hopefully you'll do it tomorrow. And, you know, that'll make it just that much easier. Uh, Number six, be kind to others. If you're hard on others, then chances are you're hard on yourself. So if you're struggling to be easier and more gentle with yourself, consider saying something nice to someone else, you know, paying someone else a compliment um, or, you know, doing something nice for someone else. That'll be a feedback loop that will help you start to see your own good qualities and your own good and beneficial character traits. If you have, you know, sufficient self-esteem and self-confidence, self-acceptance is going to be easier to find. And so we really just want to prime that pump and get your mind looking for ways that you are okay, right? Ways that you are good. Ways that you are great. Ways that you are awesome. Ways that you are freaking stellar, right? So often we try and uh, we're feeling really bad about ourselves and we start trying to list off ways that we're awesome. And if you're feeling really terrible about yourself, trying to think of ways that you're awesome, that's too far of a leap. So we have to take the baby steps. So if If you're feeling really, really, really terrible about yourself, then you need to come up with things that you feel just mediocre about, right? Or things that you just feel okay about or things that aren't terrible, right? And then you can start looking for things that are a little less terrible or things that are okay. Does that make sense? Right, so that you can make this graduated uh, stair-stepped attempt, you know, getting from you know, the current level that you are at to a better place. So we don't want to take that, that leap too, too quickly because then you know, you, you'll really struggle. I hope this has been helpful for you today. And I hope that what you get from this podcast today is, can be summed up as follows. I want you to be able to love and accept yourself so that it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks of you because your value as a person is not reliant on anyone else's opinion of you. And I hope that you measure your success by your willingness to go out and try new things whether or not you succeed or fail at those things because the outcome is far less important than the lessons and the experiences and the growth that you have in uh, trying those new things. 
and to realize that you know we can we can never really even when we try really really hard um, we can never really make everyone happy and even when we do the best that we possibly can chances are they're not going to be happy because happiness comes from the inside not the outside and you know even in our best attempts we can make someone happy for a moment but true happiness and contentment and you know self-acceptance and compassion and all of those things it comes from the inside not the outside and so it's important to really work on you know learning more about ourselves accepting ourselves finding compassion for ourselves as well as others so that you know we can make ourselves happy which in turn will filter out into the world and make everyone else happy as well if you have any questions or concerns or just want to chat about this or chat about learning to live from the inside out um feel free to reach out to me. I can be reached at my website, www.christyrhall.com or on Facebook, fb.me forward slash coach Christy R. Hall. Thanks so much for listening in and I will talk to you soon.